Hello. Can I ask a small favour and that you subscribe to the Mole Valley Farmers podcast wherever you're listening to us today? It'll mean that you'll get an alert each time we publish a new episode. And for us, well, it just means a lot. It'll also mean that you won't miss out on these interesting agricultural conversations like the one we're having today, where we're talking about soil and nutrient levels in slurry and how vital they are when compiling a nutrient management plan. So in this latest podcast, our experts, Lisa Hamley, Head of Grassland and Forage Agronomy at Mole Valley Farmers, will join Dr. Sajid Awan and Dr. Rory Geldard from NRM Laboratories to talk through the importance of testing for overall farm performance and the huge environmental benefits that come from that. I'm your host, Seth Conway, so let's get straight into this conversation with Lisa, Sajid and Rory. great to uh, have three eminent minds on this subject talking to us today on the Mole Valley podcast. A welcome to Lisa, Sajid and Rory. Let's start with you first. Sajid, just tell me a little bit about yourself. I thanked Sad. Um, lovely to be here with um, Rory and, and Lisa. I'm, I'm company agronomist for NRM and my work is actually on soil and crop nutrition. Excellent. And for you, Rory? Yes, yeah, hi there. I'm uh, Rory Geldard. I'm the commercial manager for NRM Laboratories. It's great here, great to be here today and very much looking forward to talking to you all about uh, the work we do on soils and plant tissue and, and interpretation. Delighted to have you along, Rory, and a familiar voice on the Mole Valley podcast, Lisa Hamley. Lisa, for those who haven't heard your dulcet tones, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Seth, for that introduction. So I'm Lisa Hambly. I am head of for Grassland and Forage Agronomy for Mole Valley Farmers. And yeah, super excited to be here talking to Sajid and Rory today. That's the introductions out of the way. Let's get on to the subject matter, why we're all here, of course. And we're talking about uh, soil testing. Who wants to kick us off then with the importance of soil testing? Well, I suppose I can I can sort of introduce from a Mole Valley point of view, and then perhaps um, NRM would like to say, well, you know, why I suppose they're our partners on this. Um, so the importance of soil testing from our point of view is to ensure we know what nutrients are already in the ground um, to make use of those for when we're planning our crops. So for forage crops, you know, different crops have different nutrient requirements. Um, so we really need to identify uh, that that soil is suitable to grow the crop that we choose. And so what kind of options are there then for offering that that testing? Um, so we've got a range of soil tests, uh, everything from basic uh, right up to broad spectrum with carbon. Um, and you could even have animal health parameters. So particularly from a livestock business such as ours, it's really important to know the nutrients that are in the soil that could have an effect, a knock-on effect on animal health. Obviously really important stuff to know. And then from NRM's perspective, how, how does the process work for, for you guys? Well, what we, uh, what we have arranged, what we, uh, how I work with Mole Valley uh, is a system which enables the various uh, people within, within Mole Valley to be able to send in samples straight into us uh, and along with uh, all the relevant uh, documentation. We carry out the analysis depending upon the requirements, just as Lisa's described there, and then we produce uh, the reports to to give both the values uh, for, from the laboratory, but the most important part is then the interpretation, enabling people to be able to go away and to make informed decisions about 
uh, crop requirements, about recommendations, about uh, all the most important things um, regarding soil and plant nutrition. Yeah, important stuff. And uh, Sajid, how easy is it then for this kind of collection of samples and that processing and all of that? Yeah, um, as Lisa mentioned that the, the value of analysis is absolutely crucial in whole of this process. Means if the farmers, they generally, and growers, what they generally do is that they they have a plan for their nutrient management right at the beginning of the season. And if you don't exactly know how much is already in the soil or in the crop or in the grass, it's very difficult then to, to have a cost-effective, efficient and sustainable program of nutrient management. So taking a soil sample or, or forage or grass sample is very important means what we've seen at my time at at, at NRM so far what, what I've seen that the most important process in all of this is actually the collection of soil and forage sample if anything for any reason goes wrong at this point what happens is that because we've got you know a very aligned process in the lab everything's uniform and most probably the chances of getting things wrong are very, very limited. However, what we've seen, I looked at, I've just actually looked at 50,000 samples that I was looking at. Out of those 50,000 samples for um, past about, I would say around six months, the time of sampling is absolutely crucial. Something which is which is very important, for instance, if the sample's taken in very wet condition or very dry condition, the results that you get from us would be something that probably it would be very different. For instance, if, if the season is extremely dry, as we had back in 2018 and 2022, so what we see is that... Uh, Mineralization of nutrients is fairly low when, when the soil is dry because microorganisms in the soil which make the nutrients available, they they slow down enormously. And as a result of this, you would see the available nutrients, for instance, phosphorus. It has got massive impact on phosphorus, available phosphorus in the soil. So that means that you might be looking at something which, which would have um, a lower indices for instance so time of sampling means you got to stick to the soil conditions very similar to when you took your soil samples previously how but lots of people take samples every three to five years and it's very easy to forget when you took the samples so taking a record of things now when you took the samples what sort of conditions were in the field is very important and also nowadays there are lots of apps available which would show you where you are in the field. So when you take samples, make sure that you record everything. Important then, obviously, for it to be, as you've explained, a like-for-like like comparison that's that's going on. And uh, Lisa, I guess when you're offering that advice to, to farmers about how they take their sample, um, do you sort of suggest better times to, to be taking it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's two things there is, you know, giving giving farmers advice 
when to take them. So um, not having close uh, applications of slurry, for example, at the time of sampling. Um, so having a clear gap between uh, when you're sampling and when the slurry or muck application has been on um, or fertilizer. And the other thing is, you know, is training our people to go out and soil sample. So, you you know, we've had a training program recently of, you know, how to go about doing a soil sample, when to go about doing a soil sample, you know, and these guys are trained up on, on soil health as well. So while they're out there, they can, you know, they can have a review of um, of what the soil is looking like on that day. So as Sajid says, it's really difficult to tell from three or four years ago what it looked like then. But by, you know, making some notes, making, taking some pictures, we can really have a valuable resource going forwards as to what improvements can be made. Um, and just going to what we're saying about the soil samples when they need to be done. Our nutrient management plan um, keeps all the soil analysis in one place. So it does highlight when it needs doing. So it's it's very easy. It says it needs a new soil sample. So we, we've got that covered, I think, hopefully. So, yeah, so if you started with Mole Valley, then uh, you're on to it. Yeah. You know, yes, you, know. you won't miss that no. crucial diary reminder. Um, and in terms then of kind of taking action from that, I guess then you're armed with those results and you can do what needs to be done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is that um, the results come back and so very often, which, you know, I find a little bit frustrated is that they'll get results back, you know, maybe not from us, God forbid, but, you know, from somebody else. And they just put them in the in the drawer. Um, and the biggest thing about the whole thing is actually doing something about it. So, for example, pH, um, I, I'm sure um, the guys will have something to say about this. You know, it's the single most important factor for nutrient availability. Uh, yeah, I've got one on my screen now, it says pH 5.8. Well, that needs to be addressed because if they don't, then they are limiting their availability of the major nutrients. Um, I don't know what um, Rory and Sajid have got to say about that. I think that that is a very fair comment there, Lisa, because um, some of the data, actually your data, Mole Valley's data that I looked at quite recently, I've found a very interesting interaction or correlation between pH and soil respiration rate, which is probably haven't been considered previously, it means respiration rate is how actively your soil microorganisms, they they are mineralizing your, your nutrients, for instance. Um, so what, what we've seen is that at lower pH, and people might be surprised that we have got certain soils which have got a pH around 5, and some soils, they are as high as 8.5. So, ideally, people should be in the region of 6 or 6.5. So, anywhere in between there is fine. So, back to respiration, what we saw is that at lower pH, you got quite low respiration as you start increasing towards 5.5. Start increasing the rate of respiration increases, soil respiration, micro microorganisms, and when you reach six between the region of six and six point five, this is where we found that there was maximum respiration rate. So that means that the microbial activity under these soil conditions is fairly high. That means mineralization of these nutrients would also be high. So a lot of people do talk about the pH and its impact. Absolutely, we know it that low pH as well as high pH affects the availability of nutrients.
but this is something fairly new that the rate of respiration also depends on the right pH. So very important that the pH should be corrected in the first instance, no matter how many nutrients, how much quantity you apply in your soil. If the pH isn't right, that means there will be issues down the line. Just uh, add, add to, to all those uh, absolutely valid points. So historically, the the data, the, the, the samples which we've received um, from the industry, there's always been um, samples being collected to enable informed decisions, but they've been mainly being driven from kind of output and from an agronomic point of view, really trying to maximise potential. I think it's just worth pointing out that at the moment with the cost of fertilisers having got up so much, people are now looking to soil testing or, or just data collection from via, via diagnostics to enable them to be able to to look at it from the, the economic point of view as well. You know, to be able to say, right, well, if you've got those levels right, if you've got your pHs correct, everything is working in, in more harmony. And therefore, it gives you the opportunity to be able to really review and go, okay, is are there opportunities to be able to, to cut back and not have such economic outputs in terms of cost of fertilizers. Then the the plus of that, of course, which is maybe not the top priority for for every single person, but is is a very important point to highlight is the environmental benefit as well. Is the agronomic, the economic, and the environmental benefit. So by doing that testing, you tick the boxes of all three of those kind of angles, and it's just a positive situation for every single one of them. I totally agree with that, Rory. And you know, the economic factors, I think, is pushing a lot more people to do slurry testing or, you know, FYM testing to see what the actual nutrients in their farm um, byproducts, if you like, are. Uh, and I think that um, they can make a huge difference. I mean, the scale that I see coming in, I don't know, um, you know, what you what you guys see, but from mine, there's no two the same. I mean, the, diff- the Kyle's diets are different. So it stands to reason that the, you know, what comes out the other end is is going to be different. I mean, we certainly we've seen we've seen an increase because you're absolutely right. Uh, this is really driven. We've seen an increase of about forty percent more samples year on year. Uh, people do manure testing, um, and, and the and the outputs are massively different. I'll let Sajid explain a bit more about that. Looking at these numbers actually is fascinating. It means one of the things that we we recently observed is is the variability of the nutrients in in the manure or, or slurry that's applied in the field so what just one example from cattle manure as people know that we receive out of samples annually so looking at these numbers what we see just just talking about nitrogen for instance so the mean value of total nitrogen from a ton of cattle manure eco range in, in terms of nowadays fertilizer prices between 750 to 800 pounds. The mean value is around 15 pounds of nitrogen per ton of what you apply. It could be as low as 3 pounds of worth of nitrogen per ton and it could be as high as nearly 75 pounds. So you see how much variability is out there. So people think that this is manure. So how much variation could be there? It's enormously different. So that means, yeah, I'm just talking about in terms of nitrogen. If you look at phosphorus and potassium and, you know, sulfur and all of the rest of the important nutrients, it, it could be as high as 
3,000 pounds worth of nutrients coming from 20 ton of manure applied per hectare, which is a lot of, of value, but it could be as low as around 100 pounds. So it, then it goes back how important it is that you take a proper sample. Sampling should be really, it should be taken with care. And then you do the analysis before you start applying because the value decreases as as we all know that if if it's if you took the sample now and you were gonna apply somewhere in spring, that means that there might be three or four months. So it would be better that you take the sample very close to when you apply. And when you apply it, that the best way of application is that somehow you incorporate it rather than spread on the surface because again there is so much of difference between what you apply on the surface and what goes into the soil so the rest a lot of information about this is in section two of rb 209 yeah and i mean the difference between um you know splash plate for example and you know trailing shoe or injection for retention of nutrients is is just huge isn't it um you know, so again, preserving the environment, the sustainability, etc. That's that's where you know we need to be looking is to preserve as much of that as possible. Um, yeah, and I de- you know you can see a difference if you know where you've done trial applications and and judged one on dry matter return to another one, then you can yeah, it's obvious in the field what's what works better. More Valley Farmers is owned by farmers and proud to trade with a cooperative ethos. Our shareholders are at the heart of everything we do and we work with them to improve productivity, profitability and sustainability. Being a farmer shareholder brings many great benefits. You automatically earn loyalty points on essential farm inputs including compound feeds, blends, minerals, fertiliser and new for 2023, selected total crop performance products and milk replacers. The Loyalty Points bonus scheme earned farmer shareholders nearly £300,000 in the last year, on top of over £740,000 secured by farmer shareholders through our retail discounts. You'll also get other exclusive farmer shareholder offers through the year. The Mole Valley Farmers newsletter posted to your door each month and, as a shareholder, you get voting rights at the annual AGM and have a say in your business. We have a farmer shareholder first approach at Mole Valley Farmers and we believe by working together, we are stronger together. For more information and to join us as a farmer shareholder, visit moleonline.com slash farmer shareholder. Mole Valley Farmers, committed to UK agriculture. So, Rory, have you got plenty of capacity for us to send you more slurry samples? And uh... yeah, absolutely. Capacity for for uh, slurries and mures uh, is not a problem at all, Lisa. There's plenty of capacity for there for us to be able to deal with uh, deal with any slurries and sam- and, and mure samples that your customers want to send to us. And I think the other thing I I and I I totally agree with Judge there is that you know is just prior to application. So generally, I would think when they've mixed up the pit and it's about to go out onto the field you know that's the point where where customers should be um taking a sample um but if 
you know, if the diet changes or, you know, gets filled up again through the summer, you know, and they've been out of grass, I, I would think, you know, it'd be worth getting it checked again at that point because obviously it's going to have changed, isn't it? So, Absolutely. So protein, for instance, if we talk about the protein, which is one of the most expensive um, input that goes, you know, in the field means animals that we feed um, proteins to, what happens is what we've seen is about 20 to 25 percent is retained by the animal which is used and around three quarters actually you know goes out of the back end that means that if your feed has changed that means most likely if the animal feed has changed most likely the value of nutrients would have also changed so it's worth noting that please take uh, samples as soon as possible after changing feeding pattern and i know when i've been putting them into the nutrient management plan you know when i've got the actual results um and compared that to say the standard rb209 you know like you've said the, the variation is huge but the beauty of the thing you know the nutrient management plan we've got it does show the value of it you can put in the values and that even for me it was like whoa this is this is the value of that um, muck and slurry we've got and to manage that and, and put it where it's needed so based on those soil results rather than where you you know where you can put it because it's convenient um, it's going to be of a huge benefit to the cropping and to the soil and the soil health. Lisa Saj and I had the exact same uh, wow, wow feeling when we looked at when you when you when you plumb in the, the current fertilizer prices as you say it's suddenly it really is it makes people just realize the value of this stuff you know and and as you say the justification to perhaps travel to those further fields away to really you know get the maximum value out of out of those that there's organic matter as well isn't it you know so you, that doesn't yeah. come out of a bag generally so you know that's that's a valuable resource and becoming more more valuable as we go on so i suppose that comes into the you know the carbon checks as well um absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the 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 whole kind of organic matter and carbon piece. Um, it's it's very current. Um, you know, whether it be because of things like the sustainable farming incentive and the requirements to carry out that analysis for for that scheme, or whether it's for um people who are looking to just go on a kind of a, a, an improving soil health journey, whatever you want to call it, or for people who are looking at the voluntary carbon trading markets you know there, there are three different reasons why people are, are, are looking at, at the organic matter and the organic carbon piece and um, the good the good thing is is that because um, it's in such high demand the capacity we have for it is is dramatically increased recently um, and we've got you know options for everybody depending on whether you want a very simple um, organic matter test or whether you want to have a much more in-depth full carbon audit um, to enable you to be able to really get a good understanding of, of exactly uh, the situation in your soils. I suppose it's worth mentioning, Rory, quickly, is that how long it takes to do one of those tests, because people sometimes think that it's as quick as a, you know, as a soil uh, test, but it takes a bit longer, doesn't it? it? It does. It does. As I say, the the um, the increase in interest recently has has meant that it, it it's uh, there's a lot of samples coming in, and the capacity has been increased. But still, the, the 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 kind of demand um, for it is is very high. Yeah, it's not worth waiting and waiting and expecting to get results back in in two two days. It's going to take a little longer than that, uh, just because say there's a lot of interest. Depends on the time of year, but it could be it could be up to sort of 
seven to ten working days to get that back to you depending on so yeah don't delay get those samples taken get them sent in and get the results back well ahead of when you actually need that data what do you have to do then to so check with the for the car but is it a longer test or are you separating out from doing the it, your standard test so yeah well it did be, yeah very much depend depends on the, the the standard test which which has been selected and uh it depending on also the sampling depth so the the guidelines for for soil carbon testing for example and i will say that very much these are guidelines that nothing set in stone is for sampling to 30 centimeters whereas you're sampling for for grassland for you know pk mag and ph and other samples uh, other nutrients were more likely to be seven and a half or ten centimeters so it depends if you know if you want to do an audit on that same uh, profile yes send a sample together and we could do that um, or, or if you're looking to go to a deeper depth then you maybe need to have a, a separate sample for that it means doesn't it guys that um you're, you're not shooting blind on this are you you know you you're taking this analysis it's saving you money it's better for the environment i mean what's not to like about it well, there's everything to like about it. It's just, you know, it can be, you know, as a space from a nutrient management point, if they haven't been doing them, it is quite a gathering of data because we're, we, you know, we're, we're throwing quite a lot of data at, at things these days. Um, and it, but once you get it all in one place and it starts building that picture of the farm and the farm nutrients and how they're used across, uh, you know, across the forage um, growing areas, it all starts to make sense. So you can see areas for improvement. You can see where perhaps, you know, you could get more yield. You could see where um, soil health could be um, improved upon. Because the other thing we find is particularly um, having lots of um, slurry and muck is that it tends to go to the same areas I think we mentioned earlier. And excess is nearly as bad as not having enough, perhaps uh, worse in some situations. If you look at phosphorus, you know, and the environmental issues... Um, that can be, um, you know, uh, caused by uh, phosphorus getting into the waterways, etc. You know, these those can cause uh, real problems. So, um, and locking up of other nutrients because you've got too much potash, for example. I don't know what. I was going to, yeah, I was about to say exactly about Lisa. Like I say, from from an external point of view, you just say the pollution is a, is a is a very good point you make, but also is that kind of that antagonistic effect you could have if you have too much of one nutrient, do you suddenly you have a deficiency? of another nutrient so you know the reason why there's a target for so many different um different nutrients is to try to get that kind of nice balance across the board so everything works in harmony together so yeah it is important if you don't measure how can you manage it's really it's, it is absolutely back to that such basics so you know you, without making taking the time to get the samples collected and understanding you said you're absolutely right you're, you're shooting blind you just literally you may as well just just make up a number put your finger in the air and say well today i'll, throw, I'll put this much on it's, it's you know you're trying to just help to make those informed decisions yeah no, i was going to say go on there sorry said you i get so excited that's the problem i don't talk about this all the time yeah now i am yeah that is true oh uh, no i was just going to say about our um, new soil analysis and that and rory will um probably be pleased that it's all it's all come to fruition now because the colour charts and I've already been asked several questions because it's red and you've got a uh, um, you know an index of three and they go oh, that's good we've got plenty of potash and like, yeah but because red is also bad because you've got too much 
Um, so it, you know, those little things that, you know, you can help people with make a, make a huge difference. Absolutely. And it goes back to the same point, having a plan and sticking to that plan and then observations along the way, because you've been on the farm, different fields, visiting them as often as possible is as crucial as making, preparing a plan. The weather conditions change. All of a sudden, you may have, you know, a deluge of rain and two weeks later, no water, no rain, and it could be extremely dry. So planning is one thing, but its execution is also very important. So considering all those levels, um, for instance, you, will, you, you may have too, too much of potas, for instance, and then its implications down the line means too high, means index three is higher than what we recommend. That means that the reason for that is that it will lock up the other availability of other nutrients and causing the issues in, in, in the animals. And, and that's what we need. That's what we need to consider that, you know, for instance, for P values. So phosphorus has caused a lot of issues. And looking at the numbers, I can tell you that we've got a lot of soil samples which have got extremely high uh, phosphorus um, values. That means that people need to consider that rather than applying too close, because, you know, if you look at the, the fertilizer prices have been discussed already, they means more than two pounds per kilo of a nutrient. Rather than wasting it, because essentially what is going to happen is it will be lost into the environment. Whether if it's nitrogen, it might leach, leach away or it might just, you know, go into the air or in, into the water causing issues. Similar is the case with phosphorus. So the, the nutrients availability is one thing. The balance is, is very important, is, is even more crucial because... Excess of one thing would definitely cause issues with something else because all of these nutrients, as a, it, the, the, the important thing in in there is that the soil is, it, it, it's not just, you know, it, it, it's dirt. It, it's, it's got a lot of, you know, microbial activity going on in there. And with the right balance of nutrients, the, the soil health will improve. As as the soil health improves, that means that the soil is releasing more better nutrients, and those nutrients will end up into the crop, or or into the forage in the grass. That means that the animal health or the the consumer would would be healthier as well. Yeah, and I totally agree with what you're saying here, because potash, in particular for um, uh, our dairy customers, for example, you know that those ind indexes tend to get quite high. Um, and magnesium obviously gets locked up with high potash. So, and then every every spring we have to add magnesium to the feed to make sure that you know the animal health isn't affected. Uh, and then we get high magnesium coming into the soils, which then makes them tight. So I think we've really, you know, we've got a focus on this. And um, I'm, you know, I'm so excited to be able to provide our customers with some really great soil results, which are relevant to their farms. Um, helping them with their nutrient management plans so they can really value those uh, manure and, and FYM applications um, and be yeah more more balanced in their in their approach perhaps to their forage crops 
and you know working with you guys and some of the data that you're pulling through i can only see more developments in the future where we can really be guided as to you know best practice and um helping helping this nutrient efficiency I think we're what we we we're excited about Lisa with you working with you guys is is exactly that point you know is that we we've we've got a, a lot of data and so we're able to almost see patterns emerging as the seasons develop and to be able to almost not give it perhaps a prediction but early signals around certain things you know there are there are national there are regional trends in, in certain things and so to enable people to be able to take corrective actions. Uh, as early as they can. Yeah. I, I'd like your, I was going to say, put, plug in for your um, website as well, because your NRM interactive maps, so people can see what the sort of soil results. And I know I'm being particularly geeky here, but it is absolutely fascinating to look in different areas and see what their, their soils are looking like just from a click of a button. So, yeah, it's exactly. You can compare your phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, pH, county by county. Um, to see exactly how how your results compare to uh, others in that same region, yeah, it is a very very handy tool. Fascinating conversation, and really shows the importance of information and just what that information can bring to you. And for anybody listening who thinks crumbs, this seems like a lot of hard work. Well, anyone who's been to the gym knows you've got to put in a little bit of hard work to get the return at the end but then when you see yourself you have got the return so you will see these benefits won't you by putting in a little bit of work now so you're right so i, I think i would i'd add to that by saying i think that what what we've done uh with lisa and the mole valley team is to try to take as much of that work out for the for the end farmers possible by providing as much advice and insight on the results to really enable people to be able to easily understand this because it, it is complicated anyone who thinks that soil science is straightforward is is from another planet because it's utterly complex but by trying to just pull out the really key messages and enable people to make those informed decisions to, to make this whole process easy for people it is exactly what we've uh, what we've we've done it's been great speaking to you to all three of you today um, if there was like one thing you were going to say to people listening the one thing that they should perhaps focus on right now, what would it be? Let's start uh, with you there, Lisa. Um, well, it's a perfect time for soil sampling now. So if there's any soil samples that need doing, get them done. Start planning for the spring. Get that nutrient management plan, um, you know, according to what you're going to be cropping as a forage crop next year. Uh, ab- absolutely. Just the the power of making informed decisions, you know, don't, don't shy away from it. Just get some data, get some samples taken, understand, understand what's happening on the farm and you'll be amazed at what that will enable you to be able to do. I think for me, the most important thing in all of this is that please look at the trend. Look what happened 10, 15, 20 years ago. Look back at all the data. So just looking at the number that you received this year is not as important as looking at the long term, which direction you're heading. So if your P indices, they are lowering, that means that you got to improve those. And similar is the case with other nutrients. Um, So yeah, look back. So look at, keep an eye on the trends. And if you haven't done it already, the perfect time to start and put your line in the sand now and say, right, this is where it comes from. Thanks ever so much for listening today. We'll be back soon with another agricultural update from Mole Valley Farmers. 
If you'd like to find out more about what we've been talking about today, then please visit molevalleyfeedsolutions.com. That's molevalleyfeedsolutions.com. And I'll speak to you soon.